And so if you got your Bibles this afternoon, we're going to turn to the book of John, chapter 19. John, chapter number 19. I really don't know exactly how, you know, you preachers know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you can visualize in your mind exactly how something's kind of going to go if, uh, and kind of how you're going to stay and that sort of stuff, gears and all that. You understand what I'm trying to say? I don't have that this, this afternoon at all. And so all I'm going to do is obey the Lord. And uh, we're going to literally read until God says to stop, until I believe the Spirit says to stop, and then we're going to preach until He says to stop too. Amen. So, amen. Amen, somebody. Praise the Lord. John chapter number 19, verse number 1. Have you found your spot? Say amen. Amen. John chapter number uh, 19, verse 1. The Bible says, "Then Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. The soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. They smote him with their hands and Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, him being Jesus, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. Let's move down to 16, I think it is. Let's go to verse 14. And it was the preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. It was more than just the king of the Jews. Amen. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall crucify your king. Chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him, therefore unto them, to be crucified. They took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the Place of the Skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him on either side, and Jesus in the midst. Verse number 27, the Bible says, Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. Verse 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith thy thirst. Now there was a set of vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon his upon hyssop and put it upon his mouth. When Jesus therefore had finished the vinegar, he said, "It is finished," and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for all that you do, Lord. I thank you for what you haven't done in mercy. Lord, and I ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, to bless the word, reading of the word this afternoon. And I pray, God, in every way, Lord, that you would have all the glory in this place, Lord. You've been so good to us, God. You surely have. And God, I pray, God, you'd work um, through the hearts of the people here. Lord, help us in every way. We'll love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So when it comes to this text, obviously a familiar passage. Most of us know the passage. Most of us know some of the quotes in which Jesus quoted out of this passage, such as it is finished there in verse 30. And, um, you know, there was a, this was a day of, uh, of torment for Christ. This was a day of hardship. It was a day um, that I believe in my uh, uh, soul right opinion, which all of us have one, but I believe wholeheartedly that this should have said my name in it. I believe everything that I should have, uh, I should have went through everything that Christ went through. I believe that it, it's well deserving of me this afternoon to be going through this exact trial. I believe it's well deserving of you and it's well deserving of me. You say, preacher, I don't deserve that. 
Well, I believe from a moral type of view, just as I said the other day, uh, Nicodemus didn't either, but Jesus said you must be born again. And the facts of the matter is not how good you are, but how bad you were when you were born. That's what it is. In your birth, you were born to a dynamic nature, and you were born doomed for hell. It's simple as that. There ain't no other way around it. And the fact is, it took the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus to save you from your sins. That's what it did. But until you accept what He's done for you, you'll go to hell in your sins. Until you accept what He's done for you, it's as simple as that. You'll go to hell in your sins. And so I'm just going to preach you a simple thought. It should have been me this morning. It should have been me. uh, And I'm going to be done. I'm going to give you three points and I'll be done. I want you to notice number one, it should have been me uh, because I deserve the condemnation. The Bible tells us very clearly through these verses, in verse through 1 through 17, I didn't read them, although we are going to go through them, but I did not read them because I'll probably read them again. But the, there were several groups that were involved in this rejection and the condemnation of the King of Kings. Uh, on that day when Jesus died for our sins, on that very day there was many different Groups that were consumed around uh, Jesus that condemned Him and, and called Him out and crucified Him and did all that work. And, uh, but I would like to take a moment to consider those different groups for just a moment uh, and tell you that I deserve the condemnation of each one of them. Uh, I'll tell you, number one, I deserve the soldier's condemnation of Him. Uh, in verse 2, the Bible says, and, say, uh, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it upon His head, uh, and they put on Him a purple robe and said, Hail, uh, King of the Jews. And they smote Him with their hands. Uh, I tell you, friend, these verses tell us of how these hardened men, uh, um, these soldiers took the Lord Jesus uh, and they scourged Him and they mocked Him and they um, placed a crown of thorns upon His head uh, and treated Him so cruelly that no man knew who He was. Uh, and I'm telling you, this afternoon, these were some of the same men who would later take the Lord Jesus uh, um, to the top of Golgotha um, up the Via Della Rosa and would crucify Him and nail Him to a tree and gamble over the very garments that He was wearing. And these men were directly responsible for the death of Jesus Christ. They were directly responsible for it. Uh, I deserve the soldier's condemnation of him. Uh, Secondly, I want you to notice I deserved uh, the scribe's condemnation of him. As they said, uh, Pilate therefore went forth again and said to them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, uh, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns. Uh, They said, Behold the man. When the chief priest therefore and officer saw him, uh, they cried out saying, Crucify him, uh, uh, crucify him. And Pilate saith, unto them, take ye him uh, and crucify him, for I find no fault. And the Jews answered him, with a, we have a law, and by, by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Uh, I'm telling you something, the chief priests and the scribes were involved in the death of Jesus, and that they arrested him, uh, they accused him, uh, and they condemned him uh, under false pretenses, under false charges. I mean, these same men would later walk uh, by the cross and they would mock Jesus as He died in Mark 15. Uh, and they, these men were directly responsible for the death of Jesus. But I deserve the condemnation of the scribes. Uh, 
I deserve the condemnation of the scribes and the soldiers. I deserve the condemnation uh, of the superiors uh, as they looked upon him. In verse 66 it says, Chief priest. And then uh, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was more afraid. Uh, And we can read on. And then saith Pilate unto him, Speaketh thou not unto me? Uh, And Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, uh, except it were given thee from above. Uh, And therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Uh, And so he's speaking therefore of the one prior to that. Uh, And so we have all these leaders and these superiors uh, and both Pilate and both Herod uh, were guilty of ignoring what they knew was the truth about Jesus. They were guilty of knowing uh, the truth. It it would appear from the story that Pilate uh, tried everything short uh, of very much bravery to get Jesus released. Uh, um, But uh, be that as it may, these men uh, had the power and they had the ability uh, um, to set Jesus at liberty, yet they chose uh, um, to let Him die. And therefore, they are directly responsible for the death of Jesus Christ. I deserved it, though. I deserve the condemnation of him. I deserve the condemnation, uh, the shocking condemnation in our text. Look at verse 18. The Bible says, Wherefore they crucified him, two uh, other with him, and either one side, either side one, and Jesus in the midst. How could these who were being condemned with him, how could they, uh, and how, how could they, being that they have just experienced the same death that Jesus had? How could they, or it's not the same death but the same hanging, how could they still condemn Him? The Bible tells us very clearly that Jesus was crucified between these two malefactors or two thieves. And the Bible also tells us that both of these men ridiculed Jesus. Both of them did. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 44, these thieves also which were crucified with Him cast the same at their teeth. Both of them understand, thank the Lord for what happened to the one thief on the right hand side, but before he was condemning Jesus. And I'm telling you, even though one of the thieves uh, we know come later to Christ, but I'm telling you this afternoon uh, that I deserve the condemnation uh, of that shocking, what a shocking condemnation. How can one who is dealing with the same condemnation, dealing with the same judgment, dealing with the same thing, how could they blaspheme him? There was a reason for that. I believe there was a reason for all of it. I believe God had a perfect reason for it all. But it was because He loved me. But I deserved the condemnation that was on the cross. Then I deserved the society's condemnation. Look at verse 5, 15. But they cried out, Away with Him. Away with Him. Crucify Him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? Chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Among those who rejected Jesus on that day were the crowds that had gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And there they were, and um, Luke chapter number 23 gives us a little more insight on that. But um, without a doubt, some of these people were the same ones uh, who had lined the street a few days prior uh, and said, Hail Him! uh, Hail Him, King of the Jews! Uh, But now the words have flipped, and they're saying, Nail Him! uh, Nail Him! We have no king. Uh, We have no king but Caesar. And I'm telling you something, uh, they stand with their leaders and they call for the very blood of the Messiah. And these people were directly responsible for the death of their king unless we be quick to condemn them 
we who those who those who come and condemn the Lord, lest we be too quick to look at them in some way, we need to take a step back and look at the real reason Jesus ever went to the cross. I think we ought to look at that for a second. What do you think? I mean, I mean, why did he go to Calvary? Why did he die? Why did he have to do all those things? Uh, He went there because all men uh, are sinners and stand in need of a Savior. Uh, And when Jesus uh, went to the cross, he was dying for the sins of humanity. Uh, And Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 uh, and verse number 15 that this is a faithful saying uh, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus uh, came to this world to die for sinners uh, of whom I'm chief. Uh, And friend, I'm telling you, when Jesus went to the cross, uh, he literally became your sin as he cried on the cross I am a worm I am a worm he turned your sin into his sin and the Bible says for he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and since that is true then you from the pulpit to the pew are responsible for the death of Jesus Christ And I tell you, why did the cross happen? It happened for you and me. It happened for you and me. It was my fault that he died on the cross. And I should have been me, though. Friends, I deserve the condemnation. Secondly, I want you to notice it should have been me. Uh, I deserve the condemnation. And and it should have been me. Uh, Not only did I deserve the condemnation, uh, but I should have been the one that delivered the cries from the cross of Calvary. But you know, I, I pardon to say my cries wouldn't have been like his cries. I believe his cries are very unique. I believe he's the only one that ever done it. And I believe it could have been the cries that got the, that got the centurion believing. I believe it could have been this. It could have been a lot of things that got the centurion believing. But what about the cries from the cross of Calvary? We know his Christ hung on the cross. According to the Gospels, we have find seven different cries in which he cried from the cross and and I want you to think about those cries and think about the love and compassion that he showed through the cries now he cried a forgiving cry is that not right the Bible says he said father forgive them for they know not what they do. And so Jesus ends His ministry uh, as He began it uh, in prayer. And what, what, what He could have done instead, though He exercised mercy and grace. I think, but I, I didn't deserve His cry of mercy and grace. But thank God He extended it. Amen. I didn't deserve that, but he cried a forgiving cry. And then we can go on and find where he cries a favoring cry as he, as he says, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. As he looks to the thief on the right and he says, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And even as he was dying, Jesus demonstrated uh, the reason why he ever came to this world. Uh, I'm telling you something, Jesus demonstrated that reason and uh, he extended his grace to all those who were totally undeserving. Uh, And guess what? It's still grace this afternoon. Still the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself, it is the gift of God, lest any man should bo- not of works, lest any man should boast. You'll never get to Jesus by your own works. Amen. You'll never be able to do enough to get to Jesus. Amen. I, you know, I preached on it last Sunday, and Nicodemus was a respected man, but it didn't get him to Jesus. It wouldn't have got him to heaven either. He was a rich man, but you know, it wouldn't have gotten him to heaven. Amen, friend. I'm telling you something. He, he cried that favor and cry. He asked for paradise, but he got more than that. Amen. 
They got more in paradise. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. And so, 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 so a favoring cry. And then there's a family cry where he looks in, in John 19 and he says, uh, A woman, behold thy son. And we read that in, in verse 25. A woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. Uh, and he goes through those verses and he tells about that as John and, and his mother were on the cross. And Jesus took the time to provide for his own mother. What a wonderful thought, but she had no one, so he gave her someone. It's a wonderful thing, but we're not going to stick there long, but the Lord knows the needs of his own, I'll just tell you that much. Amen. So there's a family cry, and then we can look, and there's a forsaking cry. Now, the first cry he cried on the cross, he said, Father, but not this one. He said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Relationship was rent in twain, too, on the cross. Amen. Relationship between the Father. Why? Why, preacher? Why was it re- the same reason it's going to be written twain between you and God? Sin. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, and when Jesus became sin on that cross, uh, he uh, was forsaken by the Father. Uh, the Father can't shake his head at sin. Uh, he can't look at iniquity. Uh, and for the first time in all of eternity, uh, there was a loss in relationship between the Father and his Son. He cried Father twice, and he cried My God, My God, two times in the text. He cried Father at the first and Father at the last. But Jesus was judged on that cross for you. He was a gift. He was a gift for you. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. He died. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So he rose. Amen, thank you. And he's a gift for you. Amen. And so, so, so he cried a forsaken cry, and then he cried uh, uh, more of a fleshly side of cry, if you will, for alliteration's sake, and that was, I thirst. He cried, I thirst. Shows humanity, right? He was all God and all man. Thank the Lord that he was. Amen. Um, but this cry is amazing. It emphasizes the humanity of Christ, and he was all God. He was all man at the same time, and the one who made all the water suffer thirst for you. Think about it. You think he was thinking about being thirsty when he was creating all the waters of the earth? Just telling you something. He did without physical water on the cross. You might have free, free drink to spiritual water. Amen. Revelation chapter 22 tells us very clearly, let, let, him that come, let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Uh, and this was a welcome to all. Thank Lord for that. Freshly, fleshly cry. Did he cry a finishing cry? And we know the Bible says it is finished. First words Jesus ever said, according to the Bible, I do believe, I could be wrong about this, but I believe the first words he ever said is, Woman, will she know I must be about my father's business? He said, It is finished. My father's business is finished. I've done it. I've done it. Thank the Lord. Amen. He said, I am finished. He said, It is finished. Amen. I got more work to do, but it, it, I, I'm just telling you something here. This tells us he was finished with all of his strength. I mean, he, he finished uh, the sufferings and the, the, the Satan and the sacrificial system and, and sin uh, and, and all the power that it had with it. They were all finished at this point. He was victorious. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that he was? Then he cries a faithful cry and he says, Father, into thine hands I commend my spirit. 
He said, Father, into thine hands I commend my spirit. And for a time, the relationship between the Father uh, and the Son had been broken, but now it's fully restored. Uh, He says, Father, into thine hands. Uh, And I tell you, Jesus had suffered at the very hands of cruel men. Uh, And now He recommits Himself to the loving hands uh, of the Father. Uh, And I'm telling you, the word commend was a banking term. uh, And it means to deposit something of value. Uh, And so heaven's greatest gift, uh, heaven's greatest treasure uh, and Jesus had fully given himself for us at this point what a wonderful view thank God he did it all for me amen it should have been me though thank God it was him thank God it was him I'm thankful for the goodness of God man it should have been me though you know what not just me but it should have been you amen it should have been me I deserve the condemnation it should have been me that does deliver the cries and last thing I'll be done. And if any of you preachers know, it's pretty easy alliteration here. It should have been me that died on the cross. And so when we look at this, just imagine the place of Calvary. The place of Calvary was not for saviors. The place of Calvary was not for perfect men. The place of Calvary was not from God, God man. It wasn't for that. That's not what it's for. But it's for thieves. It's for sinners. It was a place of death. It was a place that was harsh and and hard to come by. But I want you to know that it was a place of torment. It was a place of torment. Now the message of the cross is is a message of pain. Can I just tell you something? Some are trying to take the blood out of the Bible, but it takes the blood. This is a bloody book. M.R. Dehan said this is a bloody book from the front to the back. Amen. I tell you something, friend. Uh, it's a play, It's a message of pain. It's a message of suffering. It's a message of uh, of death. Uh, and the Bible says, "Then delivered he there him." Verse sixteen. Therefore, unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side. And so I'm telling you, uh, I, I'm telling you the truth. This was certainly a place of torment. It's a place of torment. The word crucified literally means it gives us an idea of what to nail to a stake. That's, a, that's literally what it means. It means crucified, literally. The word means that. To nail one to a stake. You think about that. Doesn't that seem like it's harsh to begin with? I mean, I mean, the death Jesus died was a horrible, painful death. Uh, I mean, a death on the cross was so painful that it came uh, to be associated with... It can't be associated with any other pain. But if you would take the worst pain you've ever experienced probably and times it by 10,000, you might, you might experience this pain. Not, 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 saying your, not lessening your pain. But I believe his pain was so unbearable. I could only imagine. And there's many scholars that could probably go deeper with that than I can. But I'm not going to try. Because I don't have to. Because just the very thought of nailing, nailing nails through hands or through wrists and nailing through the feet. That serves enough for me. To cry all those cries from the cross. To get the very breath in his lungs. He had to raise himself up on nails. I'm just telling you the truth, friend, is that this place is, this is something very serious. It's a place of torment. When Isaiah looked into the future and saw the death of the Messiah, he saw it was, it was, this was going to be a thing of torment. 
I mean, it was going to be a very thing of torment. Uh, and he saw our placement to it. That all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Are you glad for that? He was bruised. He uses all those words in there. And I'm telling you, it's a very serious thing. Is that I, the, the, His physical pain was unimaginable. I mean, add to this the very suffering... Add to add the crucifixion on top of the very suffering that Jesus had already endured prior to the cross. Add this to all of that as he was scourged uh, and as he was beaten, as, as he was spit upon, his beard plucked out, and uh, he was covered with the thorns. Just, just imagine that he was sentenced to die, and he and he suffered the um, as he as he carried uh, all the way. Uh, some say six hundred and fifty yards uh, up the Via della Rosa, and he and he led that way all the way up there. And why would he endure this kind of death? It's the only reason. He loved me. That's the only reason why he would endure. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It was joyful for him because he loved us. He loved us. Friend, I'm telling you, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, and the cross is not some, um, some trinket to be worn on, on top of your uh, clothing. Uh, it's not just a, a cross that you can do or, or an amulet to be used at the ease of superstitions. Uh, it is not an idol to be worshipped. Uh, no, friend, it's a symbol of God's love for us. It tells us how much He loves us. And therefore, let us glory in the cross. Uh, Paul said he wouldn't glory in the cro- anything else but the cross of Christ. Uh, and I'm telling you, we need to praise the Lord for what He did for us. Uh, and for it is the doorway into life uh, for us. Jesus is my Savior this afternoon. All because what He did and went through a place of torment. It was a place of torment, I believe it was. I believe it was a place of tragedy. I believe, don't you? It was a place of tragedy, that cross. And as Jesus hung on that cross, giving his life for the lost, his enemies seemed to circle him like a bunch of vultures. They hated him so much that they even made fun of him and they taunted him as he died. And, and there's so much language that is used throughout that that, 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 that intend uh, mocking and, and, and just all of that. You can look at all four Gospels and find different things. I'm not going to read them on purpose, but I'm telling you, it was very serious what he went through. It was very serious as they mocked him and they scourged him and they did this and that and they railed on him, meaning to blaspheme him. And, and they say all this evil same. The, uh, one of the gospels say they wagged their heads at him and, and tells us that they, they taunted, they literally taunted who he was. He saved others. Let him save himself. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Maybe they were referring back to Lazarus. I don't know. Yeah, he did save Lazarus. That was just for his glory. Man, I'm just telling you something here is that the religious leaders were guilty of mocking him. as he done. The, the, there's, there's so many different ways. The attitudes of the cross are something to gaze into. 
I mean, the attitude of the Jews towards him, the very ones he came to get, uh, the Jews, and he was the, the embodiment of all their Old Testament prophecies. But they were so engulfed in them uh, that they could not believe he was the Messiah. He came to redeem them. And they just, his own received him not, so the Bible says. They weren't looking for a baby, that's why. They were looking for a king. They were looking for someone, a militia type. Somebody can fight. Who is this man? Who is this man? What can he do? Oh, he can die for the sins of humanity. That's what he can do. I'm just telling you something, friend. Uh, the, the The cross was never plan B. Don't get me wrong, it was never plan B, but Jesus, Jesus entered the world uh, with a purpose of going to the cross. Uh, and the Jews could have received him, but they rejected him. Instead, they confirmed their rejection throughout Scripture. The Bible says in verse 37 of our passage, or verse 39, the Bible says, But ye have a custom that I should, I read now the wrong chapter. But and there came also, let's see, and after the after the after this Joseph and Matthew, the disciple of Jesus, but secret for the fear. Let's see, Pilate gave him leave, he came. Uh, I've lost my verse and don't don't even worry about it. But I'm just telling you the truth is, is that they very much rejected their own Messiah. They very much did. I I'm just telling you the God's honest truth here, friend. We can read it in the passage we read earlier. I mean, they they rejected him in every way that they possibly could, by in their words, in their deeds, uh, in all they do. And it's a tragedy for them. Listen, it's a tragedy for you to live without Jesus. But it's going to be a much more tragedy if you die without Him. It's going to be much more tragedy if you die without Jesus. I mean, I'm not mad about what I believe this morning. I, I'm just telling you the God's honest truth is that if you die and go to hell without Jesus, it's going to be nobody's fault but your own. Because Jesus died for you. He loves you. He lives for you, friend. He lives so you didn't have to die, so you, so you can live forever. I mean, if he would have stayed in the grave, you'll stay in the grave. But he didn't. But he didn't. And I tell you, it's, it, it shows just the, 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 the serious uh, wickedness of mankind. The true character of the human heart, it reveals the actions of their law uh, as, as the lost people are looking on at Calvary. It reveals so much. And their action reminds us the hopeless part. We need God. We need God. How you react to the cross is, reveals a lot about you. I mean, I'm not saying you got to shout, run the aisles, do anything about that cross, about the cross. But man, I cherish the old rugged cross. And I cherish it close. It was a place of torment and tragedy. Then, lastly, I believe we'll, we'll end here. It was a place of triumph. It's going to get good. Just hang on a second, all right? It's 3.59, by the way. We'll be done in just about five minutes, okay? These verses record the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just read them. We read most of them. And after all the six hours on the cross, he dismissed the spirit. And when he knew that the price for sin had been paid, he dismissed his spirit and God was eternally satisfied. And we thank the Lord for that. Eternally, amen. He'll never have to die again for your sins. We like to blame it on the Romans for killing him. 
We like to blame it on the Jews for killing him. But I'm telling you, the God's honest truth here this morning is that we're just as responsible for the death of Jesus. Because my sin was on him. It ought to grieve your heart as a child of God when you sin simply because he already died for that sin. And and me too, okay? Understand. But I'm just telling you something. Jesus humbled himself all the way to death. Even the death of the cross according to Philippians chapter 2, right? And so that you could be saved. I mean, he, he, he died when it was time for him to die, not a second before or after. And the words of Jesus from the cross were not words of uh, him, him being a victim, but they were words of a victor. That he, he did not say, I am finished, but he said, I, it is finished. And, and when Jesus died on the cross, his death signaled the very uh, um, defeat of, of the terrible enemies that we've all faced. Signaled the defeat of, of Satan. Because when Jesus died on the cross, his death absolutely spelled out the doom of, uh, of the dominion of the world. I'm going to have it at this time. We don't have time to get into that, but I'm just telling you, his death put an end to Satan. His death put in sin. He said, preacher, I still sin. I understand that. But when, when sin entered the world, it brought with it death. Devastation. I mean, damnation. Huh? For by one man, sin entered this world. And death by sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, you can look it up. Jesus forever did away with the sin when he died on the cross. Like I said, like I've said before, my, we, we like to sing it in songs and we like to preach it and use the the Old Testament and, 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 you know, where Jesus cast the sins behind his back and Isaiah and he cast the sins as far as the east is from the west and he did all those things with the sins of, the, uh, of Israel, but he did much more with my sins. They're gone. They're gone. What sins are you talking about? I don't, I don't know them anymore. That's my sin. And I'm telling you, the God's honest truth is that when we look at this, is that we're as good as heaven as we've ever been. But one day we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. I believe we go there first, then we're presented to God, and all the purifications will be, will be purified at that point. But sin, think about sin. The death of Jesus broke the wall of separation between us and Him. I mean... <laughs> Just think about that. Jesus, Job said, Jesus is our daysman. He's our, it gives the daysman and, and he's our mediator and he's our middleman and he's, he's literally bridged the gap between us and God. The death of Jesus was not just the tragedy it appeared to be on the surface. But the death of Jesus was the very moment of triumph for you. And the raising of Jesus three days later, it was three full days later, amen. That's right. It wasn't Friday to Sunday, it was three days. Right. I'll tell you God's honest truth, and in his death he conquered all our enemies that are, that are destroying those who are trapped in their sins this morning. I mean, all victory in Jesus, my Savior friend. I'm thankful we got victory. But I wanted you to know more than anything this morning is that you deserved it. And I deserved it. But he took it. 
did it all for me. Each drop of blood was shed for me. That's what the songwriter said. When the Savior cried, bowed his head and died. Oh, praise the Lord. He did it all for me. I want you to know he did it all for you this morning. All you got to do is believe in him, repent of your sins, and trust him. He did it all. Ain't nothing you got to add to that salvation. He did it all. You repent and turn from yourself, turn to God. Turn from the sin, turn to God. Call out to him. I promise you one promise. Jesus ain't never come back yet. Because if he did, I'm not gone yet, so he ain't come back yet. But I will say this much. One day, he'll appear. But Sam, you come play on the piano softly, sir. And when he does appear, you're either going to be like him or you're going to be left. Simple as that. Trusting in Jesus is one of the easiest things. But it's going to take Jesus to trust in Jesus. But he done it all. Aren't you glad for that? If you want to just come tell him thank you, or if you need to get saved this morning, you let us know. Listen, the spiritual birth is just like a natural birth. Remember, we went through that last week. It was sufferings. Only one person suffers in a natural birth. The mama suffers in a natural birth. Jesus suffered on my behalf. When I got saved, I didn't have no past. When babies are born, they don't have no past either. Amen. I'll only be born again once. I was only born into this world once. I'm telling you, the truth is this morning, need to be saved. The Lord laid this message on my heart and uh, you obey him. You just want to tell him thank you for the cross of Calvary because he did it for you but you deserved it. He did it for me but I deserved it. Would we stand to our feet this morning? You obey the Lord. Dear God in heaven, we love you. Thank you God for being so good to us. Thank you for the cross of Calvary, Lord. Lord, thank you God for taking my place, Lord. Lord, I love you. Praise you. Help the people here. Lord, each individual, Lord, if they need to be saved, God, I pray you'd move. Do what only you can do. We'll love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Obey the Lord this morning.